This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and Tara and I are excited to introduce our guest today, Mark Tewksbury. Mark is a leader, an advocate, an Olympic gold medalist, a motivational speaker, to name just a few of his many talents and successes. But for our purposes today, he is a defender of the book titled Washington Black for this year's Canada Reads competition. Mark, welcome to our podcast. Really happy to be here. So Mark, uh, this is Tara. I'm in my early 50s. So I was of the generation that watched you win your gold medal at the 92 Olympics, Summer Olympics, <laughs> yeah. which was amazing. And um, I would just, I would love to hear, because I, you spend so much of your life training for the Olympics. I would love to hear a little bit about your post-Olympic life. And if you had any opportunities that arose from your Olympics career, it's, it's funny because when I first mentioned to my husband that I was going to be interviewing you, he was like, oh, he, uh, he posted a season of how it's made. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, really? And he's like, yes, I love that show. So yeah, I would I, love, I think it would be great to hear a little bit more about what else you've been doing. Sure. Well, it's interesting. My life is really a trajectory from that moment in so many ways. So on one hand, I had been a speaker, a public speaker after my first Olympics when I was 20 and it was, it, I was 20 years old. It was 1988 and Canada had a tough time. Our hundred meter sprint gold medalist, Ben Johnson was caught for steroids. And so I started speaking to school kids about the positive elements of sport and, and of the Olympics and ended up talking myself back into competing and winning in Barcelona. So it was a very good move. But that, you know, that speaking career went for another 21 years. I, I kind of retired it in 2012 and switched my focus. So uh, one of my coaches was Debbie Muir, a synchronized swimming coach, and she was my secret weapon. And we have a leadership training uh, company. So after all those years, 30 years working together, we've taken the high performance traits from, from sport and adapted them to, you know, business life, corporate life, associations, anybody in sort of a, a high performance industry and, and teach them leadership. So that's been really wonderful. I also have been a real advocate. So, you know, this is, of, of course, my humanitarian side, but I just guess I saw that I had a platform. I was a closeted gay person. Um, it was the 1990s, and I just, there was a moment where I just knew I had to speak my truth, and I came out on December 15th, 1998, and have really been a leader in the 2 LGBTQ plus movement for, for decades, thanks to that, that moment. So that's been fantastic in my life, and I'm currently Vice President of the Canadian Olympic Committee, so that's the Board of Directors. Wow. I'm the, yeah, I, I'm second in command to the President, and so um, that's been really interesting. I, I came back to sport. I left very disgusted with international sport leadership. Still lots of problems there. And I, I saw in 2016 at the Rio Olympics with this Russia stuff, you know, the doping yeah. and no sanctions. And I'm so tired of Russia, right? It's just yeah. sick how they behave in the world, the, the leadership. And so I decided I needed to get back at the table and instead of being critical on the outside, be on the inside. So that's kind of a summarized, a little summary of my life of the past 30 years. Wow, that's a 
that's a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't want to hear what I've been doing for the past 30 years. It's not that interesting. <laughs> I just make it sound good because it's all condensed into two minutes. Oh, that's, I was going to say, okay, I have to think of that. I'll have to practice and see if I can come up with something to really condense my 30 years into two minutes. But that's, that's another episode. So now moving on to Canada Reads. When they approached you for the competition, were you at all hesitant? Or did you, were you ready to just jump in and go for it? That's a really interesting question for me because I've been in the process of being on Canada Reads for like 13 years or 14 years because I was first approached like actually longer in about 2005, 2006. And it just didn't fit me back then. I wasn't reading as much at that point in my life. And I think I probably got pulled off the potential defenders list at that moment. But then uh, over time, I think there's been new leadership and new people coming onto the show. I've become much more of a reader thanks to my partner, Rob Maybe. I've been with him 14 years and he's an avid reader and he kind of is my editor. He, he knows what I like to read and he's just helped me really find fantastic novels and books that I like. So I felt much more comfortable talking to the producers in 2019 then the pandemic hit and mm-hmm. they, they'd um, done the, the casting for the, the, the year after. And all of a sudden this year, everything aligned. I got the call and it was such the right time for me. And I'm thrilled to be doing it. I'm just having so much fun getting ready for this show. Good, good. Have you read the all the all the books then in preparation? All five right. books. All five books have yeah. locked and loaded. They're all nice. read. Yeah, I've read uh, I read Essie's twice. I oh, think wow. I'll read it a third time and, you know, I'm going to have to skim the others again before I go, but wonderful connectedness yeah. between them. I'm so happy to to see that. So lots of areas for me to make connections. Oh yeah. And it's a great list. It's a really strong list. Uh, Rebecca and I have discussed this. Any of those five books could come out as the winner and we would be happy with them. Cool. That's yeah. great. That's good to know. And do, you, do you tend to read all five of them? I do. I try to. Yes. I think I have read, I read Essie's book a few years ago when it first came out and really enjoyed it. And I'm hoping to be able to squeeze it in to reread it before the competition. Um, And I think other than that, I only have one book left to read. From wow. The, yes. So, okay. I'm so curious. Are we allowed to talk like this? Like, can you tell me your insights? <laughs> <laughs> I think she should. Absolutely. Definitely go for it, Tara. So what book <laughs> haven't you read, Tara? Oh, okay. I have not read Life in the City of Dirty Water. I think Perfect. that's the, yes. So that's I'm just, yeah, I'm uh, waiting on that one to come from the library, but there's a long waiting list. So I feel like I may end up having to go purchase it. Interestingly, so it's Suzanne Samard is the defender of that book. And I finished yes. reading her book, The Mother Tree, this morning. Wow. I know. <laughs> and is it a great book? Is her book it, great? It is a great book. It's a great blend of memoir and nature writing. And Beautiful. I loved it. Beautiful. Yeah. And I'm so I'm really looking forward to hearing what she has to say. So tell me about Five Little Indians, What Strange Paradise, and Scarborough. It's it's interesting, oh. isn't it? There's all ch- childhood trauma. Yeah. Huge trauma in, in all of them. What, yep. Do you have fa- a favorite? Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. Do I have a favorite? I loved all three. And 
I will tell you, this is, it's not a secret because we put out like our prediction episode a couple of weeks ago. I actually chose What Strange Paradise to win. Did you? I did, but I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. We interviewed Omar earlier this week and he is lovely. <laughs> so it's, it was just a wonderful conversation. But when it comes down to those three, I don't know. It's I really would be happy with any of the five books re- winning. I think you need to read Washington Black again. I do. I do. <laughs> okay. I just, I, I have to jump in and just say this. It's <laughs> so do. funny because I said in our prediction program, I said that I thought the first, and no offense, Mark, but I thought Washington Black would go out first and then Strange Par- What Strange Paradise, because it's, to me, the two top books. And I think if they go really competitive, they'll take out the strong books first. And that's so, but mine is just a complete guess on the, the competitiveness of the defenders. I have no idea, but I think the Washington black and what strange paradise to me are the two stronger of the, of the five books. I like to hear that. I think that uh, it'll be interesting. I, I hope they don't go strategic like that and vote out the best book. That would be kind of, not doing readers justice, I mm-hmm. think. And I yeah. hope we get to have a good debate. But I think that's going to be my job is to really show how this book, Washington Black, is the one book that connects us. And I think I've got a few heads up, you know, a few advantages, as long as I can sort of pull the other defenders along with me. That kind of dovetails into my question for you, which is because I am a competitor and sometimes I, when it comes to reading, I'm not necessarily, but in general I am. And so my question for you as a competitor, are you studying your opponent's strengths and weaknesses? And do you think your background, your sports background, all the things you've done in your life give you an advantage as a defender? Well, I mean, come on, there's no place that we, these books should actually be competing against each other, right? Like it's just such a weird setup. Um, so I'm approaching it very open-mindedly. I mean, I think I'm approaching it more as a debater than an athlete. And and I don't know my, my defenders that well. I don't know what their strengths and weaknesses are. I can guess, you know, three of us are authors. Um, a couple of people are used to being in front of the camera. But I think it's such a spontaneous show. I think that you have to be really have a great foundation. So I think my best preparation is through the books as opposed to the defenders and really knowing the content and being able to hopefully make very meaningful connections in the moment that uh, that show why my book is worth, you know, hearing more from at least for another day. And. You know, it's interesting because for me, I was telling Tara this when I was reading Washington Black because I just read it. And for me, I thought, I told her, I said, it feels like a really dense book. And I felt like it was going to take me forever to read it, but it didn't. I got through it because I loved it so much. But it's almost as if, like, there wasn't a word that wasn't necessary, but it still felt like this really just epic novel, you know? Thank you. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I think that the writing, you know, there's a few things that really make Washington Black stand out. And for sure, the epic, there's not a minute this book stops feeling epic from start to finish. And what I love about it is you start reading it and and, and I love that you just read it. So the language is fresh, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's the, the, the fact that you thought there wasn't a word misplaced, how beautiful is that writing there were some times I had to actually stop myself and be like 
this is such beauty. You know, like I can't believe I'm reading such, such beauty, but I love that you start reading this book and you kind of think, you know, the story, Oh, it's a, a boy born into slavery on a plantation. And then all of a sudden it becomes something completely else. Yeah. Well, and that's my, my other question for you is then, and I'm hoping you can speak to this without giving anything away in case any of your competitors are listening, of course, but what do you love most about Washington Black as a book and as a character and why do you think it will win? Oh, I just, I mean, I, I love the writing. I love the characters. I think, you know, Essie's description of the settings become a character in and of themselves. And it's just what she can do in a paragraph of setting the tone and the stage for a new city or a new, uh, a new setting is very thrilling as a reader. So, I mean, that, that's what I love about the book. I also love that it's filled with tensions and nuances and it, it, it evolves, it changes as you read. It's, it's not a static line through, it's extremely fluid and changing and, that's also what I, I love about Washington Black. I, I think that the character, I love that, you know, he was given an opportunity. And I think of myself, like, how does a, a Olympic champion become an Olympic champion? And it's like sometimes just a chance meeting or, a, you know, somebody tapping you on the, on the shoulder and saying, I, I pick you. And Washington, in a way, had that happen to him. He, he escaped slavery he fled a horribly violent situation and then started an adventure. And I love that he's so excellent. He's, he's just, you know, given the opportunity and given that, that sort of expectation to rise to, he rose and his, his skill really and his talent had a chance to flourish, which would have never happened. But more importantly, I love the nuance of his struggle with being given freedom in a way, but yet what does that mean? And I think that theme is pretty relevant today. Yeah, I, I, every, yes, I agree with everything 100%. <laughs> Am I, I mean, swaying you? Whoever voted this book out, am I swaying you? <laughs> yeah. No, it was, no, it was Rebecca. I, it was me. But, but the only thing is, like I said, I believe it would go, well, here, oh, well, let me ask, say this. The reason I kind of thought is it's the one book of the five that is really more like historical fiction, like going quite far back. And so I wonder if you think that in any way is, an issue at all oh in terms gosh. of the five well i think it's well first of all i think it connects to all of the other books i think that, you know washington black in many ways connects to so many different characters in the other four which is great but i think that it's timeless and it's also topical come on it's dealing with colonialism and slavery and the per surveillance of the black body of a black man is that ever been more relevant it talks about the personal pursuit of freedom. And as we've had this great resignation from people leaving their jobs and trying to search for something more meaningful, I think these themes are, are very, very current. Okay, that was beautifully stated. Yeah. That was really beautifully stated. So, Mark, we just want to thank you so much for joining us today. And I just have a feeling you're going to just kick ass in this competition. I really do. I think you are ready. Yeah. I think you sound just energized about it all that it was your, and I think timing is always so much of the world and think about it. You've been at this for, like you said, maybe 14 years off and on, and now here's your time. So we just want to wish you the best of luck. And we, we 
And I will say too, we also do a wrap up every evening uh, during the competition. We do it on our YouTube channel. So maybe we can get you to come back and chat with us for a few minutes, uh, depending on how things go. So, wow, amazing. I'd love to yeah. do the follow up. And I hope <laughs> I prove you both wrong. God bless you. But I hope I prove you both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I loved it. Thanks so much. Thank you, Mark.